I don't usually sleep like that, Diane. I I'm not usually dead. Of course, I guess people aren't usually dead until they are, and then once they are, it's not like they can step back and say, wow, I've never been dead before. <laughs> hey, what a unique experience. Or something to that effect. It's 9.32 a.m., Saturday, March 16th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Episode 286. I just happened to remember that. Of course, I'm probably wrong, but I happen to remember. Happened to. <laughs> Here we are. I slept in. What's what's going on? Did you did you did you slip me a Mickey or something before? I, <laughs> yeah. Did you inject me with something at about uh, four o'clock in the morning when I usually wake up? Hell well, it's a busy week, so I think you might have. You stayed up late on Thursday at the open oh, yeah. mic. Yeah, that was a great that was a great night. I feel like I'm still buzzing from that because it was very nutritious. We had sort of a whole buzzy kind of a week. Well, it's been a hectic week here in like amphetamine, Diane. That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> no, That's the I'm not phrase. supposed to say it. That's the you're supposed phrase. to say that. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. I know, but if you said it once, everybody would be like, Wow, <laughs> Diane said it! Yeah, ham and eggs. Wow! It must be a thing! <laughs> but maybe not. Not all those things are things. Some of them are... Nothing. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great. How was your week? Well. Yeah. You know that we had that wonderful weekend that we had talked about last weekend. Oh, One of the right. things that's interesting about doing this show is you talk about your anticipation for something to happen, and then it happens. Then it happens. And yes. then we're talking about the talking about the, the same the thing happenings. only in, in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had a lovely din-din here with some friends over. It wasn't just Kelly and Mary. It was also Alexandra and Cynthia. Alexandra and Cynthia, two of the main (laughs) medical practitioners and friends in my life. And uh, so, yeah, it was good. We had a great time. Had another bout of lentil stew. Another bout of lentil stew. Well, I kind of think of it as a bout. Yeah. <laughs> for it's you. Just too good, too good to pass up. Oh. Too good to pass up. It was really yummy, and some nice salads and stuff like that, and amazing conversation, and it was good. And the next day we went <clears throat> to Vashon as we had planned. planned, and it was an absolutely gorgeous day. It was like the you could not have picked a prettier day to be doing things like. Getting on a ferry boat and riding across the water, driving on the island and going to places and doing things. and Especially and just, just that drive, even off of the ferry, when you first get onto Vashon and you're driving into town, it's always such a pretty drive for yeah. me. I always feel very exuberant. And the Vashon breakfast at the hardware store was quite lovely. Oh my God, they are. She had the ham. I had the sausage. It was very yummy. It was very yummy. And then we we were seeing a matinee of the uh, Kissing the Joy as It Flies, which was a wonderful play. It really was. Really well done. Credit to the people who, who dramatized it and uh, brought it to life. 
on stage. Was there four four actors? Four actors yeah. and Cat. And Cat playing the incidental music and and kind of the transitional music and a couple of original songs and it just all blended together really nicely, celebrating the writing of Brian Doyle. I mentioned last week that Cat uh, told me about this play and whenever she says you should go do something you should see this you should listen to this and you will obey i no i always <laughs> just do obey because she has brought so many wonderful musicians authors artists into my range of view with that i would not have necessarily explored otherwise so so you trust her judgment is oh, what you're saying oh yes i do if cat says it's good we're probably going to like it and we're going to do it we're going to travel we're going to try to find a way to get to the performances she mentions yeah if we can yeah and man that that was worth it it was very worthwhile really well done Hard to hard to really describe uh, the effect, except that it has a cumulative effect, and it's uh, it's like the whole presentation was all taken from essays by Brian Doyle, and, and the way it was interwoven, subject matter wise, was very deftly done, and I think uh, it was definitely well worth seeing. I found a video this morning, and was fascinated by the way that he was talking about writing yeah and the stories that we all hold within our lives and and can share out because i agree with that concept so we will oh i thought we'd just play this little portion about him talking about this uh about stories cool idea yeah yeah and um I saw you speaking to a class and, and you said something to them. You said, catching and telling stories is the single most important activity in your life. Do you think that that's good advice for writers or everyone? Oh, I think for everybody. I think stories are food. I think, I think if we don't have stories, we starve. I really do. This is the great cruelty of Alzheimer's, it seems to me, is that it sucks stories out and leaves you with nothing but a shell. What a, what a hell that it would be to be healthy and have no stories. You know, if we had ale enough in time, I could go around the room and say, hey, tell me stories, tell me. And every one of us has a hundred, a thousand stories of, of power and hilarity and terrible mistakes. Yes, I'm talking to you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, yes. <laughs> well, and you, you see yourself as a story collector. You know, you talk about just sort of always carrying around pens and pads, and right. as you talk yeah. to people, you kind of grab their stories. Do you ever feel like a sense of, ownership, that they might have a sense of ownership to their own story? Well, this immediately reminds me of a great line from my dad. My dad is 90, a wonderful writer. And my dad, last year at our family reunion, said, learning to ask a question and shut your pie hole is the secret to great literature and great seduction. And we're all like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! Oh, we were all horrified, you know. And my mother's yelling from the other room, that's why we had eight kids, for Christ's sake. <laughs> My brother Peter says to him, how come you didn't tell us when we were 20? And my father says, smoking a cigar, you would have misused the gift, he says. <laughs> so that was Brian Doyle himself uh, talking about his, his craft. He's, a, he's an amazing author. 
and it has a very unique perspective not only on the world and on his subject matter but on the process itself so I would say that the reason I have loved what I have experienced of Brian Doyle so far is that he is just enthusiastically grateful and it just has the it's like a burst of gratitude when you yeah. when you hear or hear the play or read his writing he really brings a sense of gratitude for for unexpected things and i definitely identify with that very thing i think that's what what connects uh, at least my sense of life right now to what what he's talking about is that almost being overwhelmed by a sense of gratitude because so, I feel like that's where I spend a lot of time these days, myself. And he's, uh, he was a uh, Oregonian, so... Well, yeah, by choice. By, by choice. Yeah. He was born in New York, but lived in Oregon. Well, I would live in the Northwest by choice. And I was interested so. because he edited the Portland Magazine uh, for many years, and I was telling Tim, my friend Tim, about the play we'd gone and see, seen and stuff like that and Tim came back and said you know what we've, we've subscribed to Portland Magazine for years and I gotta tell you it is the greatest magazine I've ever seen both in its physical presentation uh, and in the contents and in its inspirational qualities and stuff like that and so it was interesting to find out that Tim and Demetra had been reading Portland Magazine for you know ever since their a couple of their daughters went to Portland State University so wow yeah. Well, I should subscribe because that's my birthplace. Well, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And my parents' birthplace. And my brother's birthplace. Oh, my gosh. Not my grandparents. But Brian Doyle but... is not around anymore, so. I know. Yeah. But I'm sure his spirit lives on in the magazine. And his spirit lives on in all the sense of gratitude. And in his books and his writings. Stuff like that. So everybody needs to read Brian Doyle. And get all up in that stuff, because it's, uh, it's a nice place to live, that gratitude place. I, I have it. purchased his book, Mink River, which I haven't yet... She's saving it. She's I saving am. it for when we go out to the ocean. Well, it's about an ocean town and yeah. I in the Northwest, so yeah. I was thinking, I really want to read this when I'm at the ocean. I think, that, especially because when we go out to La Push, that's what we do, is nowadays, is we read... And read and read and read. We delve. We delve. We delve. We delve. We delve. <laughs> I should write that song. We delve. We delve. We delve. We delve. Because <laughs> then I could sound like I'm an Irish guy going, There you go. Only me. I'm the guard. Hey, do it. Hey. Pardon me. I'm having a drink of coffee. <laughs> oh, boy. That's good coffee. I think I might be a little punchy this morning. I don't, I don't Maybe I should have had two cups of coffee before I started trying to speak. But oh well. We're among friends here, right? Hello? Hello? Yes. Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? The reason my bill just did that whole thing was because of our music today. Um, Which features... St. Patrick's Day weekend is the, that's yeah. the thing. Yes. And I was thinking about we should have one of our favorite of the Irish 
musicians. We have many. Well, and yeah, and they're all, they're, there's a bunch of them all together. There's my little So I thought of one of my favorite of all time, Irish traditional music albums, which is the Missing Liberty Tapes yes. by Paul Brady. Paul Brady. And, and others. <laughs> others. And not to mention Cutter Wood Honey. Return to the woo. <laughs> the whole record has a a very interesting history, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, it's a it's a board mix recording that Paul Brady did on his own machine and on some cheap tape, and then he lost the tape for like twenty years, some years, and found it under some other stuff in his attic one time, and. Uh, I'm going to put this on CD, see what happens, and it turned out to be a, a great recording. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of like a, a missing treasure that he uncovered 20-some years after the fact. And, and uh, so it's got a great story to it, which seems in keeping with, you know, what it, the sound that comes out of it, you know, and the fellowship of the players and stuff like that. So. Well, and I had come across this album quite some time ago right. when I first discovered Paul Brady and I just loved it. Yep. It's Every good, song on the album is just incredible. It's a good one. But part of what part of what I find amusing is kind of the deadpan delivery of the musicians, you know, when they're introducing each other and stuff like that. And uh, it's I don't know, I find that amusing for some reason. I don't know why. Because the music is so exuberant, I think. That's the part that makes it interesting to me, is that the music is so jumpy and exuberant and alive, and then in between it's kind of like, oh, Taiva. Uh, <laughs> they're kind of mumbling around. That's just, I don't know. I always find that fun. Sorry. I had the joyous experience of seeing Paul Brady live. I actually should see if he's coming some other time again just at i think it was at the tractor tavern or one of those it was down in ballard and and it was an amazing night Uh, amazing performance i will never forget it and especially when he was singing oh what's that now i have to go on the search my my brain has to go the the world is what you make it the world is what you make it yeah because everyone was up on their feet and doing all these dancing moves to his uh, to his song, and I will never forget that. Huh. Was it just him and his guitar, or did he have yeah, other players? Yeah, just in? just him and his guitar. There you go. So, who are the personnel on this? Because it's like a who's who of you know Irish uh, traditional players. So he had. Andy Irvin, Donald Lunny, Liam O'Flynn, Matt Malloy, Patty Glacken, and Noel Hill. See, that's a who's who of Irish music right there. And then you put put them together with Paul Brady and... Magic occurs. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Did they have a a name for that group, or was it just a bunch of people that got together? It was just a bunch of people. It was a one-night thing... Minimal amount of rehearsal between them, although they'd all played together before in different configurations. And it just happened to happen one night. And uh, I just think it's wonderful. And there's a sense of 
there's a sense of spontaneity to it at the same time as there's a sense of deep uh, immersion in the in the source materials. Uh, so it's most mostly like a bunch of friends just got together and had a little jam session, and somebody had tape rolling during it and got lucky enough to grab it. So it's like a fortunately like a, for us. Yeah, somebody was diving for pearls and came up with a fistful. The the tune that they play together, the instrumental, is one of my favorite set pieces that I've ever heard. It just gives me a thrill in, and in my heart. What's the so, name of the tune? Uh, the Crooked Road to Dublin and the Bucks of Orinmore. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing it correctly. Then you always just pretend that you are. Yes, yeah. I have to have more confidence in what I'm exactly, saying. Exactly, Diane. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I have to mumble it a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it features funny Right? Right. Take it, gentlemen. Save it, save it, save it. Do a very good welcome to Paul Brady, please. Thanks very much. You're all very welcome. Without any further ado, I'll introduce the first guest of the evening. We'll give a big round of applause, please, to Andy Irvin. Thanks. And we'll start off with a song of emigration called Paddy's Green Shamrock Shore. Money in store. 
I'll come back and I'll wet the wheel I see I left on Paddy's green shamrock shore. Well, we sailed three days and we were all seasick, not a man on board was free. We were all confined unto our bunks with no one to put for me. No father dear nor mother kind to hold up my head when twas sore. Which made me think more on the lassie I left on Paddy's green shamrock shore. Well, we safely reached the other side in three and twenty days. We were taken as passengers by a man and led round in six different ways. We each of us rang a parting glass in case we might never meet more. And we drank our dire land and Paddy's green shamrock shore. So fare thee well, sweet lies a dear, and likewise to Derry Town. And twice farewell to me, comrade boys who dwell on that saint ground. If fortunate ever should be. I'll come back and I'll wed the wee lassie I left on Paddy's green shamrock shore.
Matt Malloy, Liam Mufflin, Andy Irvin, Donald Lunny, Noah Hill and Paddy Glaggan. Thanks very much.